Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. So very happy to be with you today. Today is the official day that we celebrate freedom. We celebrate the 4th of July in the United States, which represents freedom for all. It's interesting, this notion of freedom, I've been thinking about it a lot over the past week, and I probably think about it a lot just generally, but you know, one of the, one of the speeches that many people have paid closer attention to in recent years around the 4th of July is that of Frederick Douglass, who gave a speech, I believe it was in 1852, so that was two years after the passage of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850. And for those of you who might not know or might not remember, during the, the harrowing period of slavery, uh, many people escaped. And it's, it's pretty amazing to understand how they did that in in the dark of night, they literally followed the North Star. There was a network of people and institutions all over the country who became safe haven for folks. That was called the Underground Railroad, where people who were fleeing slavery would literally run and walk and go through across rivers and other bodies of water, mountains, and everything in order to get to states that did not practice slavery. And on the way, there were people who gave them safe haven, who gave them food and water, and that became known as the Underground Railroad. Well, when these brave souls who fled got to places that did not uh, practice slavery, at first, they thought they were free. If they got to those places, because slavery wasn't followed in you know, places like Philadelphia and other places up north, uh, they thought they were free. And the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 said that they, weren't, that they were not free. They were not safe. This said that people could come uh, the bounty was on the heads of folks who had once been enslaved, who had escaped, and they could be captured, recaptured, and taken back to the plantations where they lived. So this marked a horrific time during the period when the battle was fierce for people trying to get out of the shackles of slavery and for those who wanted that institution to continue. So the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 was a huge setback for freedom. Freedom as uh, people who had been enslaved understood it in a way. And so in 1852, Frederick Douglass, who had been enslaved and who was at that time a free man, who was uh, literate, he was a writer, he had his own uh, newspaper. He was a very prominent abolitionist, 
working to end slavery for all. Frederick Douglass was uh, invited to give a speech in acknowledgement of the 4th of July. And what he did was to create a speech that really explored what does the 4th of July mean for a slave? I think that that was the title or something close. And I watched a uh, recitation of this speech this week. It was recited by Frederick Douglass's descendants, uh, young people from about age 12 to early 20s, young men and women who stated their relationship to Frederick Douglass. And so, you know, I'm the great, 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 great grand nephew or grandson or granddaughter, grandniece, whatever it might be, multiple generations, but they were very clear. They understand their relationship to Frederick Douglass, to this incredibly great man who was so brave and so clear. And they recited this uh, speech. And in it, in this speech, there is an exploration of what freedom means. And the statement that if we're two years after this Fugitive Slave Act has been uh, put in place, freedom means nothing to the formerly enslaved, to the potentially enslaved, to any black person who at any moment could be either enslaved or be snatched back into the system. It's very powerful. He talks about justice and explores an understanding of humanity and that actually no one can be free until we all are free. And this sense of working hand in hand with each other and supporting each other and recognizing that to experience freedom, true freedom, means we all have to experience that. To embrace freedom for me means I need to embrace it and welcome it for you and for everyone. And if we can't do that, then it doesn't work. Then it isn't. It, it doesn't exist. So I wanted us to think about what it means to embrace freedom in our lives today as we look at our individual lives and then open our eyes and look at the lives of others. What do we see? No, no matter who you are, there's going to be somebody who has more than you and somebody who has less than you. That's how life works. So can you embrace freedom if you have more than someone else? Can you embrace freedom if you have so much less than someone else? How can you live in your own skin and find comfort and wholeness when those around you are having such vastly different experiences? Something to think about. You know, what does freedom mean for you? I've talked to people who have been in prison for an extended period of time. Uh, one man 
who actually is my fitness trainer, is part of a, a business that helps formerly incarcerated people develop businesses as uh, health and wellness coaches. So everyone who's part of this uh, organization was formerly incarcerated. And so I've worked with a man who is in prison for 27 years on time. And during that time, and he's not old, he just went to, he went to prison when he was a teenager. And he says his choices as a young man were really bad. He didn't have good role models and he made choices that rightfully ended up putting him in jail for a long period of time. But he talks about how it was during that period of confinement, of involuntary confinement, that he found himself. He actually became free during that period. Now, that seems like it doesn't even make sense, right? If you're in prison, you can't get out until you're allowed to get out. How are you possibly free? What he said is that he had been in this cycle of negativity and pain and limitation based upon understanding what his life could be, how he could live, what choices he could make in order to survive based upon what he saw, what he witnessed, what he understood was the way that life worked. And while in prison, he read he studied, he met people in prison who became positive role models for him and began to understand that he could make different choices. And he started making those different choices even while he was in prison. I think that's so incredibly powerful to think that when physically confined, one can still choose to have this unlocking of the heart and create opportunity to be free. And so I, I want us to think about, are we free? Do you feel you are free? Do you feel that you're making choices for your life today that allow you to have the freedom to fully be yourself, to embrace the greatness that is possible in your life? Do you feel like that? Do, what would you say are the limitations that keep you from fully engaging that freedom that allows you to step into the fullness of you? Can you, can you think of what any of those things might be? I found some great quotes and I want to share with you what I discovered. So this is from Nelson Mandela. And Nelson Mandela was the leader of the revolution in South Africa to end apartheid, which essentially was like slavery. It was a heinous uh, institutional behavioral system that, that pushed Black South Africans into the worst possible circumstances to live that 
and it lasted for so incredibly long. And he was against it, and he had the forces of the ANC working together to end it, and he was captured and imprisoned. And he was in prison for 27 years. When he came out of prison, instead of just being angry and bitter, he was preaching love and unity and evolution. Definitely the end of apartheid, but not to a violent end, but to a potential end. And here's something that he said that I thought was pretty great. For to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. Let me read it again. For to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. That's a powerful thing. Now, so many people in his country were brutally beaten, treated in a subhuman way for hundreds of years, much like what happened in this country with slavery and Jim Crow, and some would argue the uh, racist behaviors that some continue to implement today. Nelson Mandela had every right to be angry and to want to annihilate the people who so wrongly treated him and others. But he didn't make that choice. He came out of prison a transformed man who chose to approach life in a different way, to very internally recognize, okay, these shackles are off, the shackles of imprisonment, and also we need to let, release the shackles of imprisonment of the mind and spirit, and figure out a way to work together. Figure out a way to find harmony, even when it seems impossible. And he said, for to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. This goes back to this notion that in order for me to be free, you have to be free. In order for my neighbor to be free, on one side, my neighbor on the other side has to be free. That in order for us to embrace freedom, we have to believe that it is the right of every human being, every living being. That is not easy to embrace in actual life. Because when we feel less than, when we feel that we don't have what we need or want, that's when we try to snatch it from somebody else. And I want to say to you, that happens even the most connected conscious people sometimes are existing on a short fuse and try to take when they feel that, that they have less than what they need. 
And it's a really interesting thing to observe. And I wonder if you've ever observed it in yourself, where you imagine yourself to be kind, thoughtful, generous, loving, always looking out for your fellow man or woman. And then something happens. And then you lose your job. And then you get ill. And then a loved one uh, hurts your heart. And then you become bitter, brittle, contracted. And what happens then? It's so much harder to see that freedom exists for all of us. When you don't feel free, it's hard for you to imagine someone else could or that someone else deserves it. Also, if you don't feel in your heart of hearts that you deserve to have the freedom to make any choice that you want in your life, then you probably don't believe anybody else has the freedom to do that either. This is not easy. Choosing to embrace freedom, which just the very nature of approaching that choice means that freedom and responsibility go hand in hand. Are you ready and willing to be responsible for yourself, for your thoughts, words, and deeds? Are you? Think about that. Are you ready to embrace the responsibility that says the life that you're living now, the life that you have chosen for yourself, is your life, and you are responsible for every thought, every word, every deed for your life. You cannot blame anything on anybody else. Think about that. How easy is it for us to blame somebody, some circumstance, something else for how we got to where we are today? It has to be somebody else's fault, right? And I'm going to push back and say no. Now, it is true. Life has many twists and turns. Things happen. All kinds of things happen. Good things happen. Challenging things happen. Every day, all day long. And how we respond to what happens, how we engage the moment, is our responsibility. Think about it. If you're in a terrible storm, you didn't make the storm happen. It occurred. How do you handle yourself in the storm? What do you do to make the effort to survive that storm? What might you have done leading up to the storm to fortify your life? You know, uh, my Family and I have been looking after our three-year-old neighbor while his mom and dad are in the hospital giving birth to the new baby. And last night, my daughter read to little Michael, the three little pigs. And, you know, that's I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And, of course, the three little pigs built each of them built a different kind of house. One was with straw, one was with wood, one was with bricks. And the straw house, you could easily blow it down. The wooden house, 
he was able to blow that down. The brick house, he was not. The materials used for each of those houses helped to fortify the home or not, helped to create protection or not. And ultimately, that brick house was the one, the choice that was made to, to create the house, to build the house out of brick, meant that that little pig had freedom, the freedom to live. It was a choice. It was a choice. It was a choice. It was a conscious choice. It was a choice that created space for life. It was the responsibility of the pig to create a home that was safe. And that third one did. Do you see where I'm getting? You see where, where we're headed here? We have responsibility for our lives. Whatever happens, we have the responsibility to prepare for our lives the best that we can to make conscious choices based upon all of the information that we gather to make a smart choice for how to live. Now, what if you don't make that choice? Okay, if you don't make a smart choice, you have you suffer the consequences, right? And by the way, sometimes even when you make a smart choice, something awful may happen. But what do you do when an awful thing happens? How do you respond? I want us to think deeply about this because this notion of embracing freedom, which inherent in that is accepting responsibility for yourself and your life, means that whatever befalls us, we have the opportunity to survive and thrive in the moment if we are conscious and intentional about how we approach the moment. Not easy to do, but what is easy? Think about it. We can sit back and cry and bemoan the circumstances and point our finger at something or somebody else. It is your fault. This happened because of you or this or that. The storm, the builder, the what, you know, who? Who are you putting your finger at? What do I always say? When you start pointing this way, wrestle your finger back and point it at yourself. Hard to do. Wrestle it back. Come on. <clears throat> Get it to go point at you and ask yourself, what is my responsibility in this moment? How did I get into this moment? And what can I do to get out of it? How easy is it to start pointing? It is somebody, some things fall other than me. When you feel that, when you feel judgmental and, and unable to see clearly what your role is in the situation, that is when you need to pause, stop, take a deep breath, and ask yourself, what is my role in this? How did I get here? How did I get here? How did I stumble into this moment? How did I walk into this moment? How did my choices lead me here? 
And if this is not where I want to be, what choices can I make to lead me out of it? Accept responsibility. Only by accepting responsibility can you ever be free. Ever. You have to figure out what the next step is. You have to figure out if you need support in order to get beyond this moment and then take the actions that are required in order to move on. So many people stagnate. Oh, I'm stuck. I can't believe I got here. I'm giving up. How could I possibly get out of whatever this mess is? How could I possibly? The burden is too heavy. I just can't. It's too much. You don't understand. What's weighing on my shoulders is so great. I can't. Have you ever found yourself there? I can't. It's too much. I just, one of my friends used to say, when things get tough, I'm going to take to my bed. And literally, she would get into bed. It would be 12 o'clock in the afternoon. She would get into bed, pull the covers up, and just say, I can't. I can't. I can't. And I want to say, you can. Pull the covers off. Get up. Take action. It doesn't matter how bad it is. You can still, with every breath that you have, you can still take action. To embrace freedom is to take action, to take action, to choose, to rise out of whatever situation may be holding you back. Think about it. We we talked at the beginning of this broadcast about Frederick Douglass. He had been enslaved. He became free. He never gave up the fight to ensure that all enslaved black people, Africans, could become free. He didn't just say, okay, I'm free. I can't do anymore. I got myself out of this and I just, I said, I can't do anymore. He didn't say that. He didn't say this burden is too heavy to bear. I just can't do anymore. I've fought for several years and I'm, I'm tired, I can't fight anymore. He didn't do that. He never stopped fighting. Because what did, what did Nelson Mandela say? For to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. Frederick Douglass could not be himself free and see all of these other enslaved black people and feel okay about that. But what about us? Whatever amount of freedom we have, when you look to the left and to the right and see your fellow man, woman, child in pain, can you just put on blinders and not see them? Can you? Should embracing freedom include Figuring out how to help others who are in greater need. There's so many ways to do it. It doesn't mean that every person on the street you hand a dollar. That doesn't work. But lots of things do work. How can you support your fellow human beings so that we all can be uplifted together? 
at this time when we are celebrating the freedom that this country promises on the holiday that acknowledges that independence from another country was what America wanted, that it, that it promised to its citizens so that we could explore what it meant to be free and to build this country. Flawed, we know, because it did not include people who look like me. We were the set, we, we were the cutout. Not you, everybody else gets to be free. So we know that it's flawed. But if we choose to embrace the notion of freedom for ourselves and everyone else, what can we do to improve our lives? in our community, our country, our world? This is not an easy question, but I think it's a requirement for a great life. To embrace freedom is to understand that it's not just for me, it's for you and everyone else. And when we all can embrace freedom, then we create a much more beautiful, loving, connected world. When we believe that there is enough for everyone. So I don't have to take yours because there's enough for you and me. When we believe at a cellular level that the abundance of our universe is so vast that there is enough food, water, space, money, resources for you and me and everyone else to survive and thrive, if we start living like that, to me that that represents embracing freedom. So I invite all of you to contemplate what freedom means to you. It is complicated. What does it mean for you based upon everything that defines you? And how can you embrace freedom and discuss what freedom means with others so that you can talk through it and work it out and, and do research and really consider how you can embrace that state of being that allows your mind, body, and spirit to be free no matter where you are, like my trainer who was in jail for 27 years, who became free while in jail. Like Nelson Mandela, who also was in jail for 27 years, came out and led his country to freedom for all in South Africa, became the first black South African president, ending apartheid. I mean, the one person I told you, my trainer, on a very small level, he's helping his life and so many others in teaching fitness. In Nelson Mandela's case, he was a revolutionary for the world. We fit in between those two, each of us. Do it for yourself, for your life. Embrace freedom. Allow your mind to be free. Allow your heart 
to be free. You are worth it. This is what we need to heal our world. When it requires you to stand up and fight for what's right, stand up, fight. When it requires you to be still and listen to the voice inside, do it. You can do it. Everybody, as always, it's so wonderful to be with you. Until next time, have a great day. Namaste.